0: Welcome to the Glow Up Effect podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Here at the Glow Up Effect, we're diving deep into mindset shifts, inspiration, and daily actions to help you thrive in your everyday. Let's get down to business, and let's claim your glow up, girl. Welcome to this week's episode. I really want to jump in right quick and tell you guys something really exciting I've been up to. If you follow me on social media, you've already seen me talk about it. I have talked about it on my email list. If you are an email subscriber, I have launched a coaching program and it's called Glisten and Get It. So tell me right now, girl, are you ready to glisten and get it? This is a get unstuck strategy session with me. So in this session, we're gonna go from stuck to success in your life business, passion project, even motherhood, because I know how crazy it gets. And sometimes you are just stuck in your tracks and you have analysis paralysis, so that's why I'm here for you, girl, okay? In this 60 minutes one-on-one glisten and get a session with me, we're gonna sit down and define why are you stuck and breakthrough to your glitter because, girl, it's all inside of you. You just need to tap into your own potential. I will work with you to build a customized three to five specific customized action plan. get you unstuck and start feeling that momentum in your life, business, or motherhood. If you have that passion project that you're ready to launch and just don't know where to start, let's sit down. Let's talk about it and let's jot it everything in a customized action plan. You're going to walk away with your glisten and get it plan and get going right now is the time. Okay. Spots are going so fast. I already have a couple of clients lined up. And for a limited time, I have a $47 per one hour session pricing. This is limited pricing in about a couple of months or weeks. I am going to be changing the price. So if you are ready to kick your passion project in the booty, email me at the globe at gmail.com and book your spot. Let's listen and get it girl. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Glow Up Effect podcast. Today I'm hanging out with Silvia banderas Cofinet. She is from the Hola USA magazine, and she's really going to be sitting down talking to us today about her story and reaching her goals in her career and how the steps that she took allowed her to be in her present day success and glow up story. So Silvia, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth, for inviting me on. I'm so happy to connect with you and share my story with your listeners.
0: Yeah, I think that listeners are gonna get a lot of great uh, glow up and fun nuggets um, by you telling your story and sharing that with us. So without further ado, why don't you just go ahead and tell us about yourself, who you are and what do you do? Sure
1: thing. So I am the publisher and chief brand revenue officer of Hello and Ola USA. We are an international media-based um brand mm-hmm. that's pretty iconic we've been around 75 years out of madrid we launched four years ago here in the us in record time we are now considered a top 30 lifestyle um publisher here in the us and Ola usa is um you know really for me particularly special because it is focused on the latinx consumer And Mm -hmm. we are currently now the number one Hispanic entertainment site in the U.S., reaching over 4 million unique visitors a month. And for me, really, the best part about my job is that I work for a brand that's dedicated to creating a platform that is for us and by us in the U.S. Latinx market space.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I find that the ability of your magazine and your brand to grow so fast, like you just mentioned, is really renowned and I think that often the the Latino population is kind of undermined, but here we're so grand and mighty and I think it's showing in your numbers and in your data.
1: It's such so. a paradox and there's always a conversation around that. It's almost its own separate podcast I I refer to it as a
0: <laughs> yeah. paradox.
1: but It is exciting and I think it um, is a great testament to the fact that there is a need for more ambicultural, bilingual, um, just content. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a need. People do care about culture. They want in-culture content and we are lucky that we can serve that purpose and have reaped great benefits so far.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I wanted to dive right in really to the good stuff here. So I really wanted to, do, to share with the listeners, you know, your story um, from having been a dreamer and grew up in East L.A. to attaining you know, your degrees from these uh, renowned universities and then jumping into your career. So kind of like give us, you know, the, the snapshot of your story and how you've come to your present day glow up.
1: Yeah. So um, I was born in Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And because my family was of mixed status, my father um, was Mexican, but my mom was Mexican too. But she had papers. Um, we were of mixed status. I was born there, so my family went through family separation really early. I grew up with my grandmother until I was six years old, okay. and then my mom, my mom and dad lived and worked in Los Angeles. And uh, one day, I just remember they came home, and my mom realized like she needed to bring me back and it it's hard because at that point I didn't really know my family I only knew my grandmother and she did a wonderful job raising me I I had a beautiful childhood um and you know one day my parents show up and they're like hi (laughs) we're your parents you know (laughs) it's time to integrate you back into the family and I have to say that you know we moved to East LA I grew up in East LA which I'm very proud of and and well, my childhood was, was difficult. I, I can't really sugarcoat that. You know, my mom worked several jobs and my dad used to sell burritos at car washes because he didn't have papers. And um, as I mentioned, we had a very, just a complicated family dynamic, you know, which, which meant that at a very early age, I had to learn survival skills because I was the oldest of four children. And so a lot of responsibility came to me at a very early age but where I was able to really feel that I mattered or I felt just, I don't know, seen with school. So I I loved school and was an excellent student. I think because of the way my teachers treated me, Um, I felt, I hate to say this, but it's the truth and it's an important thing to be open with you on these. Yeah, Yeah, so I mean, I felt more at home in the classroom than I ever did in my own home. And in the eighth grade, my life just took a major turn and changed thanks to my teacher, my eighth grade algebra teacher, Mr. Mitchell. He taught me algebra, but more importantly, he taught many of us just to dream and set goals and achieve. And he used to help um, students that he figured had potential and talent, and he would help them get into private boarding schools. So, he helped me and I got a full ride to a boarding school. From there, my life just kept on taking, you know, a, a completely different trajectory. So I wow. I went to, a, you know, a boarding school where most of the students were very affluent and, um, you know, I had a, a very different level of education and access to all sorts of different classes. And I just, I had, a a complete different reality because I attended this boarding school. Parlaying my success there, I was able to go to Columbia University. At Columbia University, I um, excelled in in school and academics, of course, but more importantly, I discovered how much I loved Latino studies. I majored in Latino studies before it was even a proper major. So I think I had to like major in three things because at the time it wasn't even a department and i thought i was going to go to law school cuz growing up undocumented for me it just really marked me you know I, I saw a lot of injustice and inequity and feeling invisible for all the wrong reasons and i thought that immigration law would be it for me but life you know life life is what happens when you're making plans and i ended up graduating and going to um work for people magazine as my first job Um, and once I started working at people, I realized, you know, there's something here and I want to pursue this. And one thing led to another. And from being a sales assistant at people, I then worked for the daily IMG as a beauty manager, worked my way up, started working at Town & Country where I really have to say, that was um, very special because I was promoted several times and worked with super talented people and learned a very different type of self. Mm-hmm. But my real homecoming was Latina. I, I worked for Latina um, and that changed everything for me. It was the first time that I felt I was catering to an audience that I could relate to completely. And I remember the first time I read an article about dreamers it was in latina magazine it was a magazine for me i felt um, that when i sold it i wasn't really even working i was just explaining to people why my audience mattered and why we cared about different topics and how important it was to talk to us in a way that could authentically engage us from there i took a job at glamour um, at Condé Nast, did my time there, learned a lot, worked with really brilliant people. Um, got recruited for a job at People in Espanol, worked my way up there until I was the number two. Finally, from there, I got pregnant and I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do. And Ola, um, was launching and they reached out to me. And, uh, at the time I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Cause as I mentioned, I was having a baby. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, the more exciting the opportunity became. And what drew me to it was that it would be an opportunity to talk to an audience that again I could relate to because I had really discovered that my purpose and passion was the Latino market or the Latinx market. You know, I really felt when I was in that realm that I was my most authentic and best self. Like I I just was passionate and excited and I could spend hours learning about you know demographics and marketing and it, and it just seems so natural to me so i took on um the the job at Ola, hoping to really do what i've always wanted to do which is work for a market work for a brand that was for us and by us and the thing about people in espanol as wonderful as it is it was it was really focused on um, a spanish dom audience
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: just that's great I love that market but that's more my mom's market you know it wasn't really me so working for Ola gave me an opportunity to get back to a market I could personally relate to
0: I love that story especially like there's so much uh that reflects you know you mentioned you being able to land a job and then you know a lot of theme of like working your way up which i find very um enlightening can you share a little bit with us you know how was that you know being in a role wherever it may have been you know in channeling on okay i like this position but there's more for me um because I believe that a lot of listeners you know may be in a role right now that they enjoy but they know that's not it. So kind of like always trying to keep sights on something higher um, would you have any like advice or insight on that?
1: Yeah, I think I think complacency is something that we we're not always trained to to spot and it's important to always aim and achieve for me very early on and I think, I can thank my grandmother for that. For From a very early age, my grandmother taught me the correlation between um, achievement and reward. Mm-hmm. So I've always, and she, you know, in the funniest of ways, like I was maybe three or four, we would go to church and she would say to me, if you can recite this and this perfectly, and if you behave this and this way, I will give you X. And little by little, I started to understand that if I earned something, it felt better than if it was just given to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that became a practice that served me really, really well, but it's a practice that can be learned to correlate, you know, a goal with hard work and achievement and then success and find, find almost the reward in itself being the achievement you have um, done for yourself, setting, setting that goal, accomplishing it and relishing in your accomplishment, Mm -hmm. not because of anything other than the fact that you can do it. Um, I, I, I think setting goals is the first step. You know, dreams are, dreams are important, but plans are tactical. You can tackle them. You, you know, a dream can start to become a plan. And once it becomes a plan, it's on its way to be a reality. And so I've always had a goal, a dream, a plan, and then I worked to achieve it. And, and and it's like, wake up, repeat. <laughs> you know, wake uh-huh. up, and it becomes it's a muscle. You just exercise it until it becomes part of your DNA. And you can start really small, but that mixed with discipline, man. Let me tell you, I may not be the smartest person in the room. I may not be the quickest person in the room, but discipline and work ethic,
0: yeah, I
1: have that down so combine that with a little strategic planning and it's a pretty mighty force
0: Hmm. wow that's really great i think uh there's some good nuggets in there that listeners will be able to take home with them uh in terms of you know trying to always Find that peak in in your career and keep navigating to move forward and stride forward. So thank you for that. Uh, so kind of want to just jump right into you know about your current role. Like how has it been uh, being the publisher and chief brand revenue officer at Ola? And you know how has it been navigating the publishing world as a Latina woman?
1: Oh my goodness, uh, there's so much there. That um, where do I begin? So. As a Latina woman to to tackle that first, I want to say it's been a lonely experience mm. because there are not of there are not a lot of Latinas in senior management roles in media in general mm-hmm. um, and particularly in the publishing world, you know i I think um, I can count them in one hand um, and I've worked at places where you know, we, you, you would imagine I worked at Latina, people in Espanol now here, where if, if they existed, there's more of us. But I remember even when I was at um, Latina, believe it or not, my publisher was not Latina, which mm-hmm. used to really, she was wonderful. She was, you know, a great lady, but something that always kind of in the back of my mind, I couldn't help but notice it, you know, I couldn't help but real make, have that realization, um I really think that things are changing in a positive way. And for sure, we need more diversity in higher positions in media companies. Um, we need diversity because A, every time that a company does hire more diverse, it's proven that they their earning potential increases. But having different perspectives and having um Uh, an executive team that reflects the reality of our demographics, which are changing rapidly in this country, makes a difference and it matters. And I'm hoping that little by little, that continues to be the case.
0: Yes, yes, that's really great. In terms, I was reading the piece on, uh, on Forbes that you were interviewed on and they were touching upon, you know, since your time at OLA, you've been really trying to help change the narrative about Latinas and that's really a goal in the work that you're putting out in the content. Can you tell us a little bit about what work have you done to help change the narrative?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Thank you for that. I I believe that we are actively doing our part to improve Mm -hmm. authentic representation in the media. And I'm really proud of the fact that at Ola, we're not a segment of a larger media company. You know, we're not like a vertical within a vertical. Like, no, we're, we're the real deal. Ola USA is for us and by us. When you walk into our offices, you will see a team of 40, 40 plus, you know, people. A lot of these are Latino content creators that bring their own unique experience. And that matters because they cover contents and tell, stories from their unique diverse point of view and that's the beginning of an authentic storyteller right mm-hmm. so from um from that aspect i think we have a very unique offering and we take off also we take on a very positive and celebratory tone like everything for us is about uplifting yeah. um, and honoring latino culture and that's important because in general there isn't always a positive conversation happening part of breaking stereotypes down is offering alternative narratives that's the best way that i found to really break a stereotype is to offer the alternative narrative and we're so much more than the way that we're often painted also we go beyond language so i think that's really important too because at Ola, we understand that the, that culture transcends language and the language for our consumers is really a sacred choice and very very personal so for example you could be a five generation Tejana that doesn't speak any spanish but that doesn't make you any less latina than me you know you you, you, wherever like your level of spanish doesn't have anything to do with how you connect to your latina culture Mm -hmm. so i think that that's something that we do really well because we have prioritized culture over language, and that that makes us unique. We offer a dual language strategy, um, and finally, I think um, that we we really have um, gone out of our way to to offer content that is not just Latino, because that would be pigeonholing us, right? We are not only going to talk about Latino celebrities, we're going to talk about all important and relevant narratives that are and, and celebrities and personalities that matter to Latinos, which sometimes includes non-Latinos. You know, we all know who Gigi Hadid is and we care <laughs> potentially. So, um, you know, the Latino experience is the American experience. We are Americans first and we realize that. So we don't try to pretend that we live in this bubble, we live in this country, and we are interested in more than just Latinos, but we do have in-culture conversations and our content producers are Latinos and therefore bring a very different perspective to how we cover certain storylines and that matters.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I love that you mentioned the alternative narratives because that really opens up the scope to you know, what your ideal audience can digest in terms of your content. So I really love that component. Absolutely, yeah. Um, in terms of like the mindset that you have been able to work on in your life, uh, what, what personal and internal work or professional development have you been able to work on to really allow you to, to remain confident and fearless in pursuing your career in the media industry?
1: I do a lot of self-enrichment
0: on my own regularly
1: <laughs> so i, I think I, you know one of the things that i've always realized is that the most important thing i learned to do was learn to learn mm. that really has changed everything for me i've always been a really curious person and i realized back in the day before there was google <laughs> there were libraries and i love libraries because i used to go and just spend hours at libraries looking at different things and topics and i i came to the realization that if there's something i wanted to know somebody had written a book about it and now of course you can simply google it and you'll find like you know tech talks and podcasts and there there is so much information out there that it's you know a little it's even a bit overwhelming but my point is you can learn to learn and once you figure that out you have done something really powerful because you can then teach yourself almost anything. There are a lot of times when I am a little over my head and I, I don't know where to go, but trust and believe, I will take a minute and I will go and figure out okay, so how do I now think about um, an e commerce platform? Okay, well, let me first, you know, do my get my 411 in order before I call in my task force. The other thing is, I think for me, at least for me, in addition to taking the time to invest in myself and and do proper and thorough self-enrichment learning, Mm -hmm. the thing that has been groundbreaking is having what I call a personal advisory board. Like I think of myself as Sylvia Banderas Inc. You know, I really do almost think of myself as that. And I've created my little personal advisory board that is made up of mentors, peers, coaches, friends, teachers, even just people outside of my work, but that are within my industry that I can call on and talk to. and having this little tribe of people that just makes it easier to carry a load, um, bounce you know bounce ideas off of, and even to sometimes like cheer you on cuz it's it, it, nothing worth doing is easy you know you you have moments where you really are at a loss or it's scary or you're in over your head or you know you're concerned and you're worried you need you need your cheerleaders you need your mentors you need your friends you need people who are going to help you see the bigger picture when the going gets hard and for me that has been incredible like it's been life-changing to, to build that board.
0: Wow yeah it's like you've got your own little like inner circle uh they you know are able like you said like cheer you on and sometimes things that you are so passionate about or you have ideas about just bouncing it off the idea explodes and I've noticed that a lot um in creating content for my podcast. I'm like, I have this small idea. And then I'm like, what do you think about this? And I bounce it off a friend that is also a blogger, a content creator, and they're like, Yes, what about this, this, and this? And it just it completely like explodes just because you bounce ideas off of each other and are able to support each other in that manner.
1: Yeah, it's also more fun. It's good to have a tribe.
0: Yes. It's- it's really great to have that, that tribe behind you. Um, so outside of work, you know, you have your partner, your wife, you have your child, your first time mom. In, in terms of balancing it all, you know, what tips would you share with the listeners who are trying to, you know, do the balancing act of, you know, work, life, passion projects, and everything in between?
1: Well, I would say don't try to balance it all. It's not realistic. Um, for me personally, I, I I feel that it's more of a pendulum that swings mm-hmm. from one focus to another than really a scale that is perfectly balanced because it that that's just more realistic to the way that work is. Sometimes you have no choice and you have a lot more heavy lifting to do on on work. And then sometimes your child gets sick and nothing else matters. So it, it's really understanding. For me, anyway, when do I give more of myself to one versus the other? Um, also, I've what I have learned personally is that when it comes to family, the little things are the big things. Yeah. Um, mothering and, and having a happy marriage, to me, it's about the smaller little details that really day in and day out being present it's about quality time over quantity time it's about being engaged when it's time to focus on family setting these clear boundaries you know when i turn off the work switch i turn off the work switch and yeah. i'm there with with my husband and my my baby and and it's it's about them because ultimately everything i do is about them i love what i do i love i love working hard i think i could never be somebody that doesn't enjoy work it's not it's not in my nature but Ultimately, part of why I work so hard is because I want to give my family the best possible life I can give them because they matter that much to me. so when I start to feel that my work life is taking away too much of my energy and depleting me i i I shift focus mm-hmm. you know and also. With a child, you 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 have a little bit of a harder time because it's no it's no longer just maintaining the you know raising a a a child, but it's also caring about your personal relationship with your partner. So for me, with my husband, I try to do at least one solid thing a day where it's just him and me, whether it's cooking together or watching a show that we both love, or putting Gummy to bed together and taking turns reading stories, just something that gives you a connection. That, that yeah. makes, the, makes you remember that you're in this together and that the, you know with it, even in the day, there is a conscious effort to nourish one another. Yeah. And I love hugs. <laughs> there's yeah. something really like there's something magical about holding your loved ones. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, I have this like weird little hug practice. I I do a lot with like a lot of tactical um, exercises with my daughter. I I'll I'll, you know caress her. I'll comb her hair. I think there's something very healing in the human touch. That's a a very sweet and kind, loving touch with a tenderness to it. It's an immediate connection, and I find that for my daughter, she's just so soothed by that. And I, I my day just gets better when I calm down
0: mm-hmm. and i'm
1: just there braiding her hair
0: yeah.
1: the world stops it's just heard me and it really makes a big difference
0: yeah i love the the highlight of physical touch and how how soothing and calming that can be i have a four-year-old son and with him i noticed like he's a very like verbal um like gratitude uh-huh. Um, and he, he'll just be like, thank you for cooking me this meal. Oh That's amazing. Gorgeous. He's so sweet. And now with like, you know, quarantine, we've been spending so much time together, which I'm so grateful for, but I've noticed he's very vocal on that. And, um, the bedtime thing is so big for us too. So that is, is very darling. Um, and I love that you, compl- um, compared, uh, you know, everything being more like a pendulum versus a scale. And it was just, the image was so clear in my head. I was like, duh, why didn't I think of this before?
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny how that does happen, but it, and I, and you know, listen, I, I give it up to parents because we, especially like working moms were' we're trying to do so much and it, it's never easy. So also just remember to be kind to yourself because
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's not easy. Yeah. You know, we're all doing our best.
0: For sure what would you say keeps you motivated day in and day out?
1: For me, so this is really <laughs> strange, but especially lately, I've been um, I've been having this visual. I, as I mentioned, I spent a lot of time with my daughter and in, in like just trying to, to sort of give her these moments of tenderness. And um, often when I'm with her, I picture my mother and her mother and her mother and it's really strange i just get this visual Mm -hmm. and i feel like my biggest motivation is that i stand on the shoulders of all of these women all of all of these mothers that have sacrificed so much you know that have done so much so that i could be where i am today you know Mm -hmm. including myself i've i've sacrificed too but i think there's something about realizing how connected I am to the roots of my ancestors and the the not wanting to take for granted the opportunities that they helped create for me because of the choices that they've made. You know, I'm really proud of my mom. It was not easy for her to come and get me um, in, L- in, in you know in Mexico to bring me to L.A. It was really difficult for her to do that but she did it because she knew that I would have a better life that motivates me. I won't take those choices for granted. She took a major risk to go get her baby girl back. And I will make the most of every opportunity that I can, because I owe that to my mother, her mother, my grandmother, et cetera. And also I owe that to my daughter. So I want to work um, on creating a better path where all Latina girls or, you know, all multicultural girls can really see themselves represented fairly and accurately in the shows that they watch, in the magazines that they read, and the sites that they go to, in the movies that they watch, I I think that motivates me a lot to to know that I'm making my contribution. And lastly, I'm also just so grateful for working with a team of really wonderful professionals. You know, what we do is not easy because there's so many obstacles that just happen by definition working in a multicultural environment like in terms of there are lesser budgets it's a harder sell mm-hmm. there's not as many of us and it's it's always having to work a little harder i always say it's like choosing to be in multicultural media it's like being ginger rogers to ginger rogers to fred astaire you have to do it in heels backwards and in two languages you know like Mm -hmm. it's a lot harder so i am very proud of our team um and they motivate me
0: yeah i love that and i really love how you really highlighted like the power of um like transcending greatness through generations um that's that visual is very clear in my mind and I was like wow that is so powerful because you know your daughter's so young and thinking of like her telling this story like one day in a podcast somewhere oh man You're <laughs> hoping, She's hoping. <laughs> um But lastly, we're almost wrapping up here. I wanted to ask you, like, what advice do you have for someone who is looking to delve into the Latinx uh, publishing uh, fields or in the media field? Uh, What tips or advice would you have for them, you know, as uh, they're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, as we call them? Yeah,
1: I would say, you know, your authentic self is your superpower. So lean into your culture, lean into your roots, lean into your experience, your unique, diverse perspective. That is what will connect and engage others. Um, it, it's the most real thing you can offer. And so in storytelling, authenticity really matters and it goes and it goes just way beyond just even content. It applies to marketing, it applies to selling, it applies to research. So all of these are facets of um, of media. So for me, my advice is really leverage your your latinidad or or your your superpower your real identity mm-hmm. um that's your edge actually a lot of us try to you know a lot of us try to change i remember when i started out i wanted you know i didn't have a house in connecticut or a country home and it was something that was very clear and the conversations around the water cooler sometimes i couldn't engage in and there were times where i felt like if i just molded myself or you know were outfits that looked more like jake you know more j crew less whatever i i don't know that i um i realized then what i see now so clearly that it was the fact that i was so different that made me excel faster um so embrace that you know um for me authentic representation begins with the point of the content creator and whether that makes, because you're a New York Dominicana or a Cali Mexican or a Miami Cuban, each of these perspectives make the collective Latinx experience and they they matter.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I hope that anyone listening that is looking to get into field that really took some some greatness away with that statement. So now we get into a little fun. I always like to ask my guests do, if they have a glow accessory, so something that they can't be without. That that's really like their thing. They can't leave the house with it in the morning, or it's part of their ritual every day. Um, and what glow tip they have for the listeners? So go ahead and share that with us.
1: I love it. I have a necklace that has um, the initial CC. And both my daughter and my husband have the initial CC, totally on purpose, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And I wear it and and it just, I love it because it reminds me that of all of my roles, the one that means the most to me is wife and mother. And it just makes me really happy. And it reminds me that my greatest achievements are not jobs or certificates or diplomas or keynotes, it's speeches or whatever, shiny, shiny things. I think it's two people that make me the richest human on earth because of what I mean to them and what they mean to me. Um, and so that, that that is my, I can't live without accessory. And often when I feel like I need to center myself, I will touch it and hold it close to my heart and remember how truly blessed I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then in terms of a glow tip um, that I can offer, Probably one of the deepest things I, I learn to understand, um, and that changed the way I see the, I see the world is that you as an individual are not your circumstances.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So don't let your circumstances define you. Um, yeah, I grew up undocumented. Yeah. I, you know, people can call me whatever they want to call me and tell me to go back to my country. I I never let that define me. There is so much power in every decision that we make. And you can make decisions that are positive and optimistic and empowered, even when your situation may not feel that way. So because there is power in your choices and you always have a choice, you have the power
0: yes i love that i love that thank you so much for sharing that's a great glow tip and with all of that said this is the end of our interview um do you want to share with the listeners if there's anywhere they can find you or if they wanted to connect with you absolutely
1: check us out at hola.com and hello um hello.com uh hellomagazine.com sorry about that and also If you wanna connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn. So Sylvia Banderas-Kofine. I'm also on Instagram. So Sylvia Banderas-Kofine and I'd be happy to connect with all of you.
0: Great, well, thank you so much for joining me, Sylvia. This was great. It was such a blast to just learn more about the acceleration of your career and your story and really how outside of your career, um, you're so focused on family values. So thank you so much for sharing that with me today.
1: thank you it's really been my pleasure
0: thank you for tuning in to another episode of the glow up effect podcast if you haven't already please be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you love this episode please share with your friends and family and tell them to check out the glow up effect lastly if you don't already please check me out on instagram at the glow up effect